Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's our first time. Uh, well, you never know. Hey, check this one out today. Look at that. Uh, Mate, that looks, that looks like one serious drink you've got happening there. It looks well, like a... Yeah, cross- it, it's, it, it's bigger than it looks. Actually, it, it looks bigger than it is. I think that's... that's. But I couldn't find any wine today, so uh, I did have some gin uh, sent to me by our friend Marie Noom, um, if she's looking. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's gin and tonic with some dehydrated lemons or something. So that's my drink today. No wine. Hopefully, there's some wisdom. Alison's on already. So, good, good day, Alison. Good afternoon. And there's that Ashley. That is definitely what you call a goblet, I reckon. <laughs> it's uh, either a, a goblet or a vase. It it's, is a uh, vase. It's a flower vase, actually. I uh, couldn't find a glass big enough to put my drink in. So, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, how are you, mate? Good to see you. Great, great to be catching up for a, a wine of wisdom. We've been absent for a few weeks. Yes, yeah. Well, we went to uh, a business conference, uh, both of us uh, in Byron Bay. When I, I left Victoria, the sun started shining, 30 degrees in Victoria. I went to Byron Bay, absolutely pelting down like there was no tomorrow. Um, I was basically wet for a week, uh, but uh, but a good event, and it was all about leadership. And uh, you, my friend, were a bit of a, a star participant there as well. It was That's uh, good. Good old- That's yourself, my friend. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we were planning on trying to come to everybody from the uh, the Byron Bay Sound Studio, uh, which we did a little bit of a, a cameo appearance in once before, but it wasn't to be. So apologies for a couple of weeks off. Um, it will happen again. Just, uh, <laughs> just reasonably you know. soon as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christmas is coming around the corner, Andy. Mate, we've got a few of the few of the main crew here. Alison's got a gin as well. That's good. Um, Great minds think alike or great taste buds drink alike. Alison, I don't know what that is, but uh, good to see you're on the gins as well. Um, and we've got Stephen and uh, Graham uh, also also there. So give us a shout in the chat, folks. Good, There's a fair few of you on today. But, um, yeah, good to be back in the seat for another wine, wealth and wisdom. Tequila. Oh, that's the hard liquor, Ashley. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, don't peak too early. But yep, um, short time, not a long time. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, it's good to see. Well, mate, um, as we do, you know, uh, quick little intros. If anyone's uh, new, dropping by Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, Andy Fenton, uh, in the world of finance, financial planning, the share market, that world, um, extraordinaire, 20 years, banking, uh, Jason Witten over here, property world, 20 plus years as well. That side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, many Fridays, not of recent times, last few weeks, a little bit patchy, but many Fridays we've gotten together, debriefed the week after the COVID world sent both of our our communities into a bit of a spin, Andy. And uh, we like to uh, debrief what's gone on during the week. Uh, we have this segment uh, in three pieces, uh, what's in the news, dun, dun, dun. Um, and uh, often there's plenty going on. There's a few things, Andy, that I've got up my sleeve today that uh, um, one actually, one, Andy one. Fenton, one, at least one. Each time we have a uh, get-together, there's one thing, often many things, but one thing. <laughs> there was a prediction. I'd love to go back and see this one. Actually, I think you're going to be quite chuffed about it. A prediction you made, um, and it is coming true. Um, so there we go. Uh, stick around, folks, to see what that is. If you want to see the future, pick Andy Fenton's brain. Um, he's got he's got what it takes to uh, make the right guesses um, and uh, predictions. Things you should know. We might do some teaching a bit later on. Well, I've got a few and- teaching points today, which uh, which are which are really interesting. Actually, right up your alley as well for property investors or uh-huh. property owners and and later stage. Uh, of life and some interesting strategies in and around it. Actually, that one of my advisors uh, picked up on one of my cases that I did not, and I'm not sure that you know about it, mate. You probably do, but uh, I, I think it'll be a bit of a, a gem to share to everybody because you actually talk about one of the strategies, and I think yeah. that uh, I've got a little bit of a cherry to whack on top of it. Oh, you got me excited, Andy. And uh, folks, if you have any questions, uh, you guys know the drill. Chuck them in the chat. Andy and I get around to them either on the way or at the end. Uh, any questions in the world of investing, finance, financial planning, property, uh, you name it, uh, we're happy to give you our opinion and offer our experience and maybe even some 
quite good technical advice um, if you want to come and chat to us one-on-one at some point. Um, but uh, there you go. So that's how we roll in uh, in the world of wealth, wine and wisdom, folks. Usually we go till about, I don't know, 5 o'clock uh, or 6 o'clock, depending on where you are, Queensland or New South Wales and Victoria at the moment. So, Andy, what's going on? Um, have you got anything in the news this week? I've got a couple of things, but uh, I'm more than happy for you to kick it off if you've got one or two things to share. Mate, I do. I do. We've got... Uh... I've got it, it's mostly a piss take for me, but uh, <laughs> but also a prediction of the future. Uh, yes. But uh, I'll try and get my head out of the way there just for a few moments. Uh, I might put myself down the bottom. I'm all over everything. I'm behind everything. I'm behind the live or I'm behind the what's in the news. But uh, <laughs> I'll put myself back up the top. So, uh, mate, here, here's an interesting one. This is uh, it almost feels it almost feels like we're back. Uh, 24 months ago or 18 months ago by uh-huh. this new Omicron uh, variant and the way that the media is responding, the way that markets are responding and the way that the world's responding. So I just I thought it's interesting to just throw it out there because, mate, you, you only had to scroll below the fold to see uh, all of the old usual suspects come back up. So I, I'm going to talk about them all together. But uh, this one here, uh, financial review, market turmoil caused by emergence of new strain of virus uh, may offer investors a chance to position for profit for the end of COVID-19 crisis. Uh, JP Morgan says, buy the dip as uh, Omicron may need, uh, uh, may end the pandemic, uh, which is an interesting one, which kind of uh, flies a little bit in the face with everything else that was in the Fin review, let's be fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then Janet Yellen, uh, investors are getting jittery as they contemplate a triple whammy uh, of drawn-out dispute over the US debt ceiling, a more hawkish Fed and the global spread of the Omicron variant. Polar opposites posted about an hour apart, uh, but very, very interesting. Uh, Totally uh, polar opposite kind of perspectives on, uh, on the Omicron on how that's going to play out but we've got the reintroduction uh of the debt ceiling now and so my tip is what's going to happen uh is that the the uh the media are really not going to let us have a christmas without trying to scare the living bejesus out of us and i think they're going to drop a lot of fear bombs in and around this and let's face it some of it is real quite a lot of it is real the u.s does have a debt ceiling but let's face it that debt ceiling was passed when do you reckon we passed that debt ceiling jace Oh, gee, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I reckon it was a long time ago, probably one month into uh, into COVID lockdown or something like that. But uh, oh, mate, you it... have to you have to wind it back a little bit further. Let me let me ask you this: What president was uh, was oh. in power? Was it Reagan? Reagan was. It <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite that far Nixon, back. But Nixon. No. They, they, they certainly started it, but uh, our old mate, as he was getting into his second term, um, Barack Obama. Uh, that's where they famously passed through the debt ceiling of an amazing negotiation whereby basically it was it was a stalemate. It was an incredible political move, and I'm not endorsing what he did. But it was an incredible game of chess, and uh, the founding father says Ashley, uh, uh, <laughs> the founding father and Donald Trump, um, <laughs> and so he basically positioned it as yes, we will honour the debt ceiling and we will come under the debt ceiling if we wipe out five uh, was it half a million public servants' jobs, and that was the condition, and of course it never. Never went through, and they've never spoken really about the debt ceiling ever since. It's ever again. It's whacked a couple of trillion, maybe seven or eight trillion dollars, maybe nine or ten. I don't actually know the figures, but it's a lot. So we're going to hear more of the jitteriness as uh, as we see sparks of inflation coming through. We're going to hear about the debt ceiling, but let's face it: the world is drunk on debt and has been for quite some time, and there's no real pressure on anybody to try and curb that on no. to any stretch of the imagination. And, and I don't think anywhere, any country in the world, Andy, is has any interest in that. Like, you know, there's certainly no evidence of, of one country going, you know what, we'll do it this way or that way. You know, maybe if there's good GDP, it gets lower one year and then, you know, another year or if there's a bit of a bump. But, you know, uh, I think I said it uh, uh, maybe a year ago as well, but I think it applies everywhere. 
you know, once you're on the gear, it's hard to get off, right? You know, that's, you know, that uh, borrowing money and debt becomes an addiction, uh, an economic uh, addiction that you can't get out of. And uh, it's an interesting conversation or concept or being a contrarian, hey, that's what debt's for. Let's just use the money and pay someone. Flow. Yeah, and let it flow. And, 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 and uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. So maybe, maybe, maybe Greece was right. Maybe Greece all this time have been sitting there going, you buggers don't know, but we've seen this before. Back when Caesar was in power, um, well, <laughs> there was debt flowing everywhere and nobody was paying it back and everyone was having a good time. And occasionally Caesar chopped off someone's head. But, you know, that's the way, you know, the, the cookie crumbled. <laughs> so maybe the Greeks were right. It's like, let's just party like, like we just don't care. Let's just not pay back any of the debt ever. Uh, and let's just keep saying, we'll do it, we'll do it. We promise, we'll do it, we'll do it. <laughs> maybe maybe there's 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 some degree of correctness there. Um, so maybe we should uh, study tour Greek islands, Jason. I'm, I'm in, Andy. So we've got Japan. Like we're, we've got that book that is coming and the Greek islands. We'll find out what the uh, the founding fathers of democracy and maybe even capitalism um, I don't know. Where did it come from? <laughs> well, I think the title of the book might be Japan Can't Rise from Zero and Never Going to Pay It Back. Uh... <laughs> I think that would be a great book. Yeah, Bob, we will talk about inflation a bit later. I've got a little inflation chart that I wouldn't mind Andy's opinion on. We'll get to that one. Well, there's, there's, I've also read some interesting things from the Fed Reserve uh, about what their perspective on inflation throughout the week. But I, I also thought this was interesting. Uh, Deputy, Pro and this is, I love this. God, I love this. This, this stuff just, this stuff lights up my world when, when people say things like this. It's just like, where's the fucking mirror? Um, so Deputy Prime Minister says uh, he's determined to work with the US Congress leaders on curbing Mark Zuckerberg's power saying Facebook CEO is not above democracy. Well, one uh, would be forgiven in Australia for bloody saying the same thing about every single one of our state ministers and uh, <laughs> Andrews and Palaszczuk and bloody hell, I tell you what, I mean, these guys need to pick up a mirror, don't they? <laughs> it's, it's, it's at least, at least yeah, Mark yeah, yeah. is creating an old, alternative universe where we can go and play when they destroy the world that we live in. Just joking, just joking. <laughs> no, Jesus, Barnaby, get a mirror, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, and then this one I found really interesting. I might just zoom in on this a little bit. Um, and I've got to look into it, and I promise I will look into it. I, I, I only skimmed across this today but hadn't, hadn't seen the full effects of it. But I'll do my research and I'll come back to you, all of the business owners out there. Uh, but businesses will be able to self-assess the depreciable life of intangible assets such as software licenses, patents under new rules. Well, Andy, funnily enough, I screenshotted that and sent it to my CFO and accountant and said, hey, hey, team, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> are we paying tax this year or not? Yeah, let's get on this. What, what, what do you think it's all about? Uh, well, mate, here, here's the thing: is it, uh, when it, when it's the, the interesting part was, for me was licenses and patents, especially yes. patents, right? Because they can be extraordinarily uh, costly to get, but they can diminish over time. So, it, one would argue that unless because if you sell that patent in the future, it is a capital gains tax event, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why can't you depreciate the cost base, and why can't you depreciate that patent? If you, I, I think it's, I think it's bang on the money. I don't know enough about it at the moment, but uh, mate, it just it shot me up like a jack in the box. I haven't had time to, <laughs> uh, to to research it, but I thought I'd flag it with you just in case you hadn't seen it. But mate, your eyes, you've got the sharpest eyes in the world. <laughs> Uh, you could leave your contacts at home, and you would read that from a thousand yards. You would, yeah. yeah it, it's kind of it's it gets in my nose before my eyes <laughs> sees it. <laughs> so I reckon this is going to be an interesting one to watch because uh, it, I reckon it'll open up a can of worms. But uh, I don't know enough about it now. I just wanted to flag it and make a public promise that I'll get educated on this and come back to everyone with what it all means and uh, what great timing. Coming into Christmas, when we're in Jan, Feb, we can really start planning for all of this tax and we're going to start talking about it in Jan, Feb, in Mind and Wisdom, just so we're all ahead of the curve. Yeah, so, right, mate. No, I mate, love that. That's, uh, that's me for uh, in the news at the moment. Uh, what's, what's over your neck of the woods? Well, there's a there's a couple things going on, Andy, and I'll just uh, get this going here. Let me uh, Let me get the little... Yeah, let me put me put myself back over there. A couple of things in the world of real estate. 
uh, as the the merry-go goes round. You know, the uh, one day it's uh, we, the, the prices are going up, and one day the prices are going down. Um, there's a number of uh, uh, institutions, commenters, pretend economists calling, you know, <laughs> drops <laughs> drops in prices, uh, and you know, one dimensionally so. Andy, you know, okay, if uh, interest rates go up uh, a bit, even if they go up, you know, half a percent, you know, our oh, property prices will go down, you know, a, a certain percentage. And in, you know, in fairness to um, that very 101 uh, economics uh, uh, view of real estate, and that is true, you know, the, the largest cost base of most purchasing uh, purchases when it comes to a real estate transaction is the cost of their money, the cost of the debt. People don't buy it in cash. Um, however, uh, I think for me, I think that's premature and I think it's naive because there is so many more, so many other things at play that is going to continue to accelerate our real estate market, whether we like it or not, folks, whether we like yes. it or not, um, and uh, a few things Right now, Andy, we are seeing actually uh, quite a massive negative. You and I chatted about this, you know, the government's one one trick pony when it came to economic stimulus in Australia. Oh, let's give some free money away and get people building properties because that flows out into the economy in a million different ways and we like that, that's easy, blah, 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 blah. Well, that, that happened. A lot of houses got uh, got purchased or a lot of land got purchased challenge is now uh, Andy and folks listening in uh, we have some significant shortages in uh, materials we have insane shortages in labor and um, those houses are actually becoming uh, extremely expensive to complete Andy um, yes. I myself just had a conversation with my builder um, two days ago and uh, we'd locked in a contract uh, I've used this builder for over 15 years. We'd locked in a contract, uh, you know, six, six and a half, seven months ago. He called me and said, mate, you know, I need to put the price up. I am not going to make a cent on this build, you know, and uh, $55,000 later, Andy, for him to break even yes. at this moment in time, to break even, it's $107,000 for him to make a small margin, which is between 8 and 10%, which most builders do make about an 8 to 10% margin. So it's an interesting moment in time. I don't think the prices are going to tank um, uh, as much as uh, this uh, CBA, CBA prediction uh, because I just don't think anyone's going to sell properties for any cheaper um, because they're not getting built for any cheaper. And I can certainly, can certainly say a small increase in finance costs, maybe, you know, you know, even if it was a full 1%, uh, still is not significant in this marketplace right now. And rents are going to compensate for that anyway. So, there, you know, there you go. I'm pretty sure that that's a cut and paste from exactly the same article they posted about 12 months ago, mate. I'm, it looks <laughs> almost identical. I reckon we should go back and have a look. It probably um, is. I would not doubt it. I would not <laughs> doubt it because, you know, they, they say, all right, well, you know, which article – was really popular 12 months ago. Maybe we just roll it out and uh, it could be, you know, you know, probably I'll, I'll go and get an article from 10 years ago. Uh, I did pull this up not so long, actually. I had a, I saw, um, I could, I, I might pull it up in a minute, but it was like uh, first home buyers priced out of the market. And it was an article from um, one of the newspapers, Sydney Morning Herald, one of those uh, from 1953, right? You know, it's first home buyers will never buy houses again. <laughs> Uh, but here's the drill. Uh, lots and lots of the uh, world of real estate developing builders, uh, the people in charge of our supply, Andy, folks, uh, are saying, hey, listen, stop getting in the way of allowing us to provide the supply to the marketplace. You know, governments, um, you know, administrators, it, it's so inefficient in many, many places around in Australia. It, it, it's, it's a really broken process. Um, Queensland's actually uh, quite ahead of the game when it comes to development um, uh, development speed, but still, it's quite slow. Well, you, you... I I heard you might you might know, and everyone, this is rumor. This is secondhand information. This is not 
uh, fact by any stretch of the imagination. But I heard a little birdie told me, uh, not what was in the news, uh, that that uh, that the on the Mornington Peninsula down here, the the the, the town planning is going back from uh, Shire to State. Mm. That that's what I heard, and I thought that's interesting because there's so much bullshit bureaucracy in the Shire level. Yeah, and the states will just go progress. <laughs> Wave wand highway. Yeah. Not that I yeah. think that it's a good thing, but I don't like the bureaucracy either. And I think that there's there's got to be some common sense in between. Unfortunately, in Australia, we just fly from the absurd to the ridiculous. It it, um, it swings too far, right? Yeah, they, yeah. And and uh, New South Wales uh, had this Andy uh, quite a long time ago. I mean, in uh, in Victoria, local councils, you know, they don't want to make a decision, so you have to take them to VCAT. You hope you have to up the ante for your approval. You have to push and go. And I know many developers and builders, you know, in Victoria, the day they lodge their development um, uh, paperwork, they actually lodge uh, a date for VCAT at the same time. They, they, they know that the local council has zero interest in following the process uh, in a timely manner. And, and that's sad. That That's inefficient for the whole system. It's stupid. It creates problems everywhere. Um, and and then there's a backlog it gets kicked down the road they did it in new south wales andy they took the planning rights away from um a lot of councils in new south wales a lot of the north shore i don't know if you heard the term nimbyism not in my backyard um, <laughs> and, and uh yeah you can go develop in western sydney but don't develop over here because we're the blue ribbon flash suburbs you know and Jeez. um yeah it's it's uh, it's it's quite an interesting thing uh, but you know, right now, uh, folks, Andy, we have the lowest um, we have the lowest production uh, of any asset class. If you take away the sixty five thousand homes that are under construction right now, which are going to owner occupiers, and uh, and that's it, it's kind of a fake number. Okay, it's like it's it's a fake number. Uh, vacancy rates for rental properties are at all time lows um, in in five of our six major cities and uh the other the other two uh six uh, seven major cities the other two are not far behind they are they are sub and to get this sub below one percent folks like like that means there's nothing to rent like there is just nothing to rent okay three percent is is an even an even market andy three percent is like two to four weeks to that property's vacant to get another renter. You know, well, it's sort of like vaccination rates and unemployment rates, isn't it? Like you're never really going to see unemployment rates below 3% because there is a part of the population that's just never going to get there. But so to me, thinking uh, and, and vaccination rates, like to get to 90%, like there's 10% of the population either can't or won't, right? Yeah. But applying that same sort of logic, and I know that it's a bit esoteric, when you then lay it over with that, I'd say that, well, you know, 3% would be what I'd think on the bones of your ass. Like it's it's skinny and it's not good. Is that right or am I off, off the track? Oh, listen, you know, um, like 3% three, is fine. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's level 1% is insane. Like just 1% is put whatever price you want on your, your How rental. How do you find a place at 1%? You, like, you just don't, Andy. We, we've got one of our guys and, you know, this is, you know, we rent, uh, we manage over 1,000 properties for our clients across Australia and New Zealand. Um, so we, we get some real-time data on this stuff. And um, uh, one of the guys who works for me just the other day said his rent went from $500 a week to $780 uh, in the renewal, and it's been only six months. Like that, boom, you know, insane. And Was he one of your tenants? Uh, no, he wasn't. But uh, I was, I was in the back of my mind thinking, "Shit, I'm going to put my rent up. I haven't put it up." <laughs> uh, hey, but there's a few people uh, giving a shout out. Um, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, Jaswan um, on YouTube. Andy, hello, every, how, how are you, mate? He's saying, saying a quick hello. Jace, yep. Say yep. hi to Brandon for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haley said, "You know, this is what happened in Wellington. Yep, in New Zealand." Yeah, totally New Zealand is off the charts, Haley, in this space. And it's coming for Australia, folks. What has happened is our rent 
uh, increases has been compressed for uh, three or four years, maybe even more, um, because we have had interest rates going down, Andy. So technically your net cash flow, your net cash flow has been increasing because your your major cost has been decreasing, your cost of interest. Um, so there's been no real pressure to put the rents up in any significant way. But right now, it's not a cost issue, it's a supply issue um, oh, or mate, a demand I'm, issue. Yeah, I'm ready yeah. for it. Where, yeah. as, as rents start to skyrocket, mate, that's that's where, that's when I might start to get back in to have a bit of a poke around and mate, it's and time, see what's mate. going on. It's time. You might you on. might need to put a few um, few little cottages or caravans on your on your acreage, mate. You could rent them out at three hundred dollars a week, make a killing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only problem is it'll take me fifty years to get it through town council, town planning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Hey, Andy, if they've got wheels, did you know if they've got yes. wheels? Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm onto that one. They will call it the 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 Fenton Trash Trailer Park. Uh, <laughs> come to the Fenton Trash Trailer Park uh, down in the morning Peninsula. Uh, no, I love it. I love it. So yeah, you know, Bob saying, you know, hey, in Wollongong, you know, development's been going crazy down there, uh, which is great, Bob. You know, good to see a little bit of supply coming through. Um, you know, other people saying, hey, listen, the council is useless and slow. And sadly, unfortunately, Andy, like the local councils don't have enough just skilled, qualified people. They don't want to make hard decisions. They don't want to piss wow. off their constituents. Jesus. It, it, it just doesn't don't, work. Don't say that. They've got plenty of people. <laughs> just skilled, not. skilled, qualified, I said, Andy. <laughs> not, yeah, just be careful about that because some, some politician will go, oh, oh, Jason said it, we don't have enough people. <laughs> get, get us more people. <laughs> But here's the thing is that uh, the, the government have already got the control uh, measure ready to deploy on the raising of, um, of rents because as soon as that gets out of control, they, they'll, they'll terminate the free market again and say that you're not allowed to put rates up by more than X uh, per annum. So about that yeah. that one, I know they've done it in the past. That that's, well, They've already that, got that little chestnut in their, in their um, tool belt. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly has affected a certain style of um, – property in the past andy and i know in places like europe uh, and america you know rent control is part of the you know part of the landscape um you know so folks in australia i think that's coming one thing we talked about today i talked about my team andy and those listening in you know be interested in your thoughts on this i think the the psychology andy of a house paying a million dollars for a house in australia it's embedded it's done like there's just no argument anymore. I, we we were having a laugh. I was having a laugh. At, absolutely, we were pissing ourselves. I remember Sam and I. We had a serious conversation. Sam's my business partner, by the way, folks. Um, we had a serious conversation about shutting the company down because houses were 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 cracked the two hundred thousand dollar mark, and we didn't see a future for the business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, and we're like, you remember that chat, you know? And so, oh yeah, let's let's go. You know, it, it's a funny one. It funny ones, you know, um, as we go. So, well, the the mark, the financial market has the same sorts of psychological barriers. Barriers, and yeah. they're, they're psychological. They are um, totally. Yeah, and and it's always the big round numbers. You know, when the ASX, and when it breaks through seven thousand, and it breaks through with confidence. That's the new norm. Yeah. And that's how a lot of fly-by-night investors think as well. And you got to be really careful of that mentality because that will bring you unstuck, but especially in, in my world, in the, in, the, in the share markets, because you can dive past that point at a rapid rate of knots when COVID hits. And, yeah. uh, and if you have psychologically locked in 7,000, then you're and, – and then you get out – uh, you're going to be eating wheat bex forever. Know what I mean? Like you've got to be able to withstand that volatility uh, because it is just a psychological phenomenon. But quite often it sets unless there's a major event that detracts it and and decouples it. Those types of things in our world and and I think you're right in the property world. It's kind of sunk in now. It's kind of like the the seven fifties and the eight hundred thousands are gone. It's like if I want quality, I want something good. I'm a million. Yeah, and that's yeah. just. The totally. Yeah. And if like if you get it under a million, you've got a bargain, right? You know, yeah. it's it's just yeah, it's interesting. Haley asked a good question, which you know, um, you know, if rents are one percent availability, does it even make sense to own your own home you live in? Um, great question, Haley. And 
And the answer is it it depends. So um, both Andy and I know that your personal Prince Place of Residence, Haley, m- forms a very special part of your wealth creation strategy in the future because it is one of the only assets you can own capital gains tax-free, you know, the home you live in. Now, if um, if you are, uh, you know, if you're, if you want to run that race, then absolutely a Prince Place of Residence, um, uh, if you can buy the right one in the right spot, if that, you know, if you buy it for a million, we're talking a million and in 30 years' times it's worth, worth three million and you've paid it off, that's a $3 million sale, capital gains tax-free in the future. That makes sense. Okay, it makes sense. However, Haley, there's been plenty of spreadsheets done where you can live, you can live, you can rent a much better lifestyle than you can afford to buy. So if you're a lifestyle player, you you want to live at the beach now and not wait 30 years, then absolutely. You go rent somewhere, someone else's negative cash flow problem, uh, and you you rent vest. You go and you go and uh, invest in other pieces of real estate or asset classes like shares and other things for your future. So there's some benefits um, and also some advantages, but depends on how you skin it, Haley, which is a great question. Um, uh, there you go. So, um, but check check this out. Ella Ashley saying, Cameron, million dollar for a four better, maybe still cheaper to buy due to the high rent prices. And then, you know, that's that's it, you know. Um, with interest rates so low, um, uh, you know, that that's an interesting one as well. And Jace is saying, you know, Ed, the rents on my properties are too good for me to live in. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Jace, I get it. You know, um, grab yourself a caravan and travel around Australia and, and uh, collect the rents, you know. So... It's horses for courses, Andy. You know, um, and uh, great question, Haley. Thanks for uh, uh, shouting it out. And this is where, in you know, to compare it to my world, houses and housing can kind of go from a growth stock, uh, as we would call, you know, Amazon, Facebook, where they're just rapidly going up. They don't give any dividends out, really, to speak of. They're just re reinvesting everything for growth. Yeah. So they're called growth stocks. Um. And and properties do that as well, right? So they go through these massive growth cycles of, of what we've seen more recently. But people, people quite often think that there's the flip side of the coin where you do have the value stock in the which and for the you know, in value stocks we talk about companies like Telstra or Woolworths, which don't necessarily go crazy, but they pay a really handsome dividend. Good dividend. Um, yeah. And so you know, listening to you, there's sort of that parallel of. Uh, you know, you you go through the growth cycles. Then, as they tend to 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 moderate due to natural conditions, or you know, whatever the case might be. Not saying that they're moderating now, but then the rents come up and the value game starts to come into play. So, I guess they're they're kind of two different ways of looking at it to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. And what what you will see, you will see in general. This is a this is a very gross generalization, Andy, but. You know, there is a between you know a hundred and two hundred thousand a two hundred dollar rental increase coming to to the general property market uh, across Australia, and in Melbourne it's coming harder than it's ever come before because Melbourne was has been compressed and depressed because of lockdowns and COVID, like the worst the world's seen. It was the the longest, the the hardest, the the ickiest, um, and it's still a city of five million people. Um, you know, we with a severe and I and I mean severe shortage of quality real estate to live in, whether you're renting or buying. Um, so it's coming, folks. It's coming. It's on its way. Whether it arrives in 2022 or 2023 or 2024, there's an increase in the rents between 100 and 200 dollars every day of the week coming, um, and that's uh, it's it's going to be there. And and what I say, Andy, is this, you know kind of long way round to, to make the point, the supply is fucked. Excuse the French folks. Um, what? It, it, it's fire trucked and uh, <laughs> the supply is absolutely polaxed, right? Um, and the um, if the interest rates go up a percent, the, the, for the first time ever, the rents are going to go up faster than the interest rate matters 
it's on its way. It's already backed up. It's like a severe case of constipation <laughs> and it's it's gonna come out fast anyway that's a terrible analogy time to get on the prune juice people <laughs> it's red rice time uh but andy andy that one exciting piece that i wanted to share with you and everyone listening in at home folks we we andy's talked about this multiple times and i'm very interested about how the pricing of of debt into the future uh will be will be priced uh, uh according to risk andy and yes. um uh well maybe That's you were happened. sitting maybe you were sitting in on on um on the the regulators meetings and giving i reckon, them- I reckon it was the other way around jace i reckon they were sitting in on ours to be <laughs> fair they're, they're only about seven years behind the uh the well they're, they're 20 years behind investment banking they're uh they're a long way behind what is commonsensical but common sense is not common practice. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Well, there you go. They've finally caught up with you, Andy. Uh, always setting the setting the standard. Um, so, uh, a small change, but it's not it's not significant, sort of, to most borrowers. But for um, for uh, a lot of smart investors, we use interest only loans certainly in the beginning of our investment journey because it helps uh, accelerate our acquisition phase. Now, paying off a loan is something you do uh, in the back part of a property investment rather than the front part, especially if you are in that accumulation phase. But what uh, is coming, which is which is fair, which is which is the way it bloody should be, folks, that uh, if you want to borrow in a different way, then then the pricing should be weighted that way, uh, and. Uh, it's coming around, Andy, being forced upon the lenders because of the capital um, regime. They have to hold more capital for an interest-only loan than they do a principal interest loan. So it's interesting. I'd love, I'd love to hear your opinion on this one. Well, what you called it? Uh, well, I, I think it's inevitable. Personally, yeah. I think it's. I don't, personally, I don't think that we're going to raise. And don't don't take this to the bank. This is just my opinion, and I've been wrong plenty of times. Um, just ask most people who are close to me. Um, but I, I don't think that we will see aggressive rate rises for 10 or 15 years, uh, mostly because the flow-on effect of doing that, A, it's never been done. Japan's been trying to do it for years. Unless yeah. there is some sort of come to come together of the world where we go, okay, Jace, I owe you $7 trillion. Jace, you owe Shay, you know, eight, eight $8.5 I'll I'll take out five, you take out seven, we'll, we'll net out the difference and we can kind of start again, which is really... Uh, what happens at the end of a really good game of um, of Monopoly. Yeah. But unless something like that happens, I, I cannot see, and it's and it's just at the moment I can't see it, and it may happen, it might be a technology that does it, but at the moment I can't see interest rates rising rapidly. Yeah. Uh, because if they do, the, the, it's just disastrous kind of effects for the world, the globe, the full box and dice. But I can see risk pricing because – it's it's the way that we've priced well most of the instruments that help blow up the world in various different ways. Like think of CDOs, right? Uh, collateralized debt obligations, the the mass the weapons of mass destruction. Now these things were pa- initially parcelled together in A grade property, A grade areas, high net worth, high net property, paying down debt, stable jobs. And when you pass, when you packaged up that and sold that security into the market, it attracted a reasonably low interest rate. But when you went to housing commissions and the you know the Bronx and you grabbed a, a sample of houses around there and put those mortgages together and you sold that into the market, just and that's banks just getting it off their balance sheet. This isn't CDOs yeah. yet. This is just um, the beginning of it. They, they, you might get a 17% yield because the chances of three or four of them not fulfilling their debt obligations is a very real possibility, whereas the chances of multiple of the people in the Class A properties uh, going, going belly up, not so much. Not so much, yeah. And we've been pricing, you know, we, we price this in the market. Government bonds are priced like this based on the perceived risk of the government as ability to pay back their rents. That's why if you go and uh, you raise money from Brazil or um, you know various different South American countries, high risk. 
So they demand, uh, they, and so you will get, you know, significant investment returns where you go to borrow an Australian bond, you know, you're going to get 0.1% or less. Um, you go to New South Wales state bonds, you might get a percent. You go to uh, Victoria, you're going to get a little bit more because Dan fucked our state. Just joking. All right. Don't want to get political. Just joking. Settle down. Settle down, people. I might be right, but you know, just chill, chill. It was just a joke. And uh, <laughs> as Ricky Gervais would say, we're all going to die soon, so it doesn't matter. Um, but it, we've constantly, and, and in my world, everything is priced on risk. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that we, the normal lending system, it's literally like it, it goes to state, it goes to corporate bonds, big institutions, and then the rules change as it comes down to everybody else. Mm. Mm. I'm like, I, I've never understood why. Like there's an equality thing and I get that. But total regulation of exactly the same rates it's just never made sense jace and so now uh, i think with uh you know companies like is it athena athena i can't pronounce it properly but they, they're trying to reward people for paying down loans you would know better than that but there's already these murmurs in the market of people trying to do something different and uh, yeah. I, I reckon kudos to them because and then reverse you reverse this whole system. If you've got people raising based on risk, it means they can borrow at a greater interest rate from the government. Then the government have got greater ways of being able to deploy capital. State governments have got different ways of deploying capital. Everyone has got different ways of deploying capital and yeah. you end up with a far more free market. Mate, and you took the words right out of my mouth. On the flip side for me is this, I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, hey, if you pay 5%, you can get an interest-only loan and and the hurdle to get that loan um, is far less because you've already paid for the for the risk premium. So, you know, oh. stop stop worrying about me, you know, eating Wagyu and drinking some wine. Like, who cares? The, well, the risk well, premium's there. I've paid my LMI. Let's get, give me the money, you know? Why not, why not lend back out? And I know that we're, you know, uh, yeah, well, we basically said that we're a dictatorship because the way that the, they're running the country at the moment, so they won't get too pissed off at this. But you know, why, why not have the possibility of of the Reserve Bank being able to to lend money out at five percent? Yeah, at five percent, based on the risk that Macquarie Bank is going to take on it. I reckon you're going to see it, mate. I just I, because I cannot see other ways through it, and I don't have all the solutions. But my solutions come from risk-weighted lending and what a great way for the government to be able to replenish its purse by risk lending back out ba banks if you if you lend to this sort of category here it is you're going to get it from us not not at a freaking car blanche rate because this is where the rba gets screwed it's like here you go have as much as you want at nothing yeah yeah and then the banks go oh that's brilliant I'm going to lend it there for that much. I'm going to lend it there for that much. I'm going to make a mozza up here. We'll make skinnier margins down here. And this other little area, it's it's kind of like, hang on, somebody's getting screwed here. And ultimately, the government's, the RBA is getting screwed, which means the people of Australia are getting screwed. But well, it destabilizes that that's the you know the financial process, right? You know, it the healthier that is. You know, you, you, you can't, it's not a charity. It has to have some capital. It has to have some return that makes sense, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm hopeful, Andy, that there's some positive upside changes that might get installed for us all with the monetary system. You know, I was a big fan. I loved, I loved the, the pre-GFC system where if I paid, if I paid the, the risk fee, and I paid the interest, I could get the money, right? <clears throat> and, you know, it was insured. The freaking loan was insured. I paid I paid 15 grand for insurance to protect the bank. You know, it was underwritten, uh, you know. And, and so for me, this the opposite extreme now is like, you know, and, unless you're earning 500 grand a year, we're not going to lend you any money. It's like it's ludicrous um, when there's more money in circulation than ever in history. Ever. Ever in history, it doesn't make any sense. So hopefully, that gives us a little bit of a bit of a spot here. Because I mean, if you have a look at this, uh, yeah, a few things that came out, you know, a few charts, statistics like those, you know, <laughs> I've got some corkers on this. I've got some absolute crackers on this. I've unloaded on banks and governments with charts sort of like this. 
Right. And, you know, there it is, you know, like, you know, this was pre-GFC and we had, you know, a, a bit of a tank, you know, what was it, what was it called? The, uh, the worst financial crisis the world's ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. When we had you know? too much debt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Greece now, wasn't going to pay its bills. The whole system was going to cave in on itself. Yeah. That, that's where it started, mate. That, Gee, wouldn't it be significant... interesting to go back and have a look at the debt then and the debt now, Andy? Uh, I, I believe like... See that next little kink straight afterwards? Like yeah. that, that little kink in 2012. That that was literally when, uh, when China came out with a bad result and everyone found out about Greece. It was... <laughs> It was like, hang on, we had a global crisis because there was trillions of dollars worth of debt obligations out there that went bust, and then we believed that the whole system was going to implode because of America breaking its debt ceiling, and then a tiny place like Greece, and they called them the pigs, mate. Do you remember that, the pigs? Uh, oh, Portugal, um, yeah. uh, Italy, yeah. uh, G-P-I-G-G-G, Greece, Greece, and Spain. Spain, yeah. Mate, yeah I find yeah. that offensive. Just personally, I find that I find that offensive. Um, but that that was that little bump there was literally when all of a sudden it's it's like we've known about Greece for years. It's not like it's a new thing. They haven't been paying their debt for like 30, 35 years, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, I read a newspaper article about it, and the whole freaking world just went bananas over Greece. Saying Greece right. again as they stabilise the system. That's what that little bump was there. And it was literally after a GFC where the whole world didn't seem to care about uh, the fact that America just went, you know what, just turn the debt tap back on. We've gone through the ceiling, so let's fill up again. You know, let's the next go. <laughs> mate, well, mate, you know, yeah, it, it's a funny one. You know, this is where this is where APRA started to get involved. Have a look at the drop. You know, hmm. when the regulator came in, you know, the market was self-regulating, and then all of a sudden. Politics, Andy, you and I talk about this all the time. Number one risk to any investor anywhere. Any any economic activity is the political environment you're in. Um and then, you know, you get APRA, you get you get politicians in in the real estate world saying, Oh, we're gonna get rid of negative gearing and capital gains tax and all and who cares, folks? If it ever did happen, don't you worry, it'll still be bloody good in the world of real estate. These, these politicians, mate, they've never seen a movie till the end. Like they literally watch the first 10 minutes, they go, that's the killer, and then they go to figure out how that they can squash the killer. That's the problem. And they, don't, they, don't, they never look back far enough. They never look no. forward far enough. No. And so they end up, like literally they pick the wrong person, they execute the wrong person, <laughs> and the end result is an absolute clusterfuck. And four years later, none of them are left. And, and they'll go, well, we won't do it that way. Because the other thing that happened back in that chart, or maybe you're going here now, the other thing that happened in that chart and around about roughly where the, the red circle begins on home loans, yeah, or it might have been earlier actually. No, it was definitely earlier. Uh, and it was probably where that first green line is um, around about that 2020, is we saw the decoupling of home uh, principal place of resident investor rates versus, sorry, principal place of resident mortgage rates versus um, investment loan rates. And yeah. they decoupled. And so investor rates became more expensive and home loans became or, or PPR became less yeah. expensive. So yeah. it was a double dip and it's a great creative solution from the banks going, there is always another way of making money. And they got regulated and said, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, Mr. Regulator. Uh, in order to, to try and become more responsible in our lending, what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, well, we'll, we'll make more money off the investors, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. the way that we will be responsible. <laughs> I take the piss, but, you know. It's it, true, it though. It's true. It's true. And, and the challenge is, Andy, other than this year, well, last year and this year, other than the, the owner-occupier stimulation the government has got, um, you know, the, the investors play a, a significant, in Australia and New Zealand, a significant part in bringing supply to the market. If investors were, and, and this is the problem, when they penalise investors, they absolutely poleaxe the supply chain. Now, um, I've said this heaps of times. You got, you've heard this, Andy, before. Same to folks listening in. Um, like COVID didn't create our supply problem, folks. The APRA bullshit created our supply problem. 
all right, because it penalized the investors and the developers and builders who bring stock on um, fell off the radar. They the, the the projects weren't viable. We couldn't have buyers. There were no where well, there wasn't finance. It was a massive problem, and we now sit at our biggest undersupply in uh, multi density construction, Andy, across the country we have ever seen in our entire existence. Houses have been inflated because of the stimulation, not underlying demand, not proper demand. So now, and and now that supply is gone. Like it's it's absorbed. It's absorbed five and a half years worth of land supply in in thirteen months. It's over. It's gone. Like it's we have this three to five year window where it's just going to be a nightmare. And what's coming? What's coming? What's coming in the next year? Two years? Three years? Uh, it, immigration. Australia has to catch up. We've got labour issues everywhere in every industry because our population isn't growing naturally fast enough. It's just, there's no way we can have it. We are going to have between 200 and 300,000 people within a 12 to 18 month period enter this country with no houses to have them in. You know, what's going to fucking happen? <laughs> Wages are going to go up, which is good. <laughs> I, I reckon we should start off with these segments now at, at Wealth, Wine and Wisdom with a we're hiring banner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone want a job? We've got one. We've got one. Yeah. <laughs> Come see Jason I. Uh, yeah, and there was a lot of talk about this, Andy. You know, um, the 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 three year fixed rate going up a little bit. You know, you know, I've done a bit of analysis on that. To be honest, folks, it's a bit of a beat up right now. Um, you know, a few of the banks are sort of saying, "Hey, you know, the fixed rate, we don't want to lock in our cost of funding. You know, if well, it's going to go up, there's been some volatility in the the five and ten year bond curve uh, yeah. based on Oh, what I would say rather illogical um, uh, conclusions, but you know, ma markets are rational and irrational. They're they're yeah. an ecosystem. They overreact and they react. Uh, and look, this this provides a uh, an opportunity for other lenders like the second second tier, not the second tier, sorry, but the the not the the MLCs. The, the sub banks to be able to sort of undercut pricing here and and start to become a little bit more competitive and and look at it because the volatility spikes in the the, the five and ten year are, are actually quite extreme and so the banks are playing on that but I just believe it's a bit of a money grab at the moment it's like we can because the world thinks it's going there there's so much talk of inflation yeah and here's here's the kicker Jace is that the US have the Fed the Fed in the US literally came out and said we think we might have underread inflation. We think it might actually be real. Um, now, there, there, there's some call for that, and they're, they're talking about some ways that they're going to manage that. But the Australians are going to come on top and go, see, we've got an inflation problem. Uh, hang on. Hold the phone. Hold the phone, Jace. Pick it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is Andy from Australia. We live on an island. Right, yeah. we live on an island. Different uh, mechanics here. Different <laughs> mechanics, completely yeah. different mechanics, and different reasons as to where the the, the inflations come from. So you watch they the polos, being the the politicians, the media will be will will, have, will get onto the Fed, and they'll be going, look, it's happening, it's happening globally. The US have already started to do it. Uh, all you need to do is pick up the phone and understand that, like, literally, uh, hang on, let me just drive over to your place in Ohio. Where are you? I'm in Townsville in Australia, mate. I'll be there in a tick. Mate, you're underwater for a fairly large part of the journey, whereas U.S. is largely, you know, a, a connected uh, continent and, and, and the proximity of major suppliers within very, very close uh, sea-bearing areas uh, is ridiculous. Well, and Andy, like, like I've said this, uh, a few times too, and you were saying, you know, something very similar. Australia is the only country in the world that does not have a cheap labour source on its doorstep for two reasons, right? Don't we have Tasmania? Ah, uh, well, joking, joking, uh, just joking. Well, it's it, you know, down there. It's just million-dollar it apartments, mate. Yeah, million yeah. Well, we used to make that joke about the Kiwis, didn't we? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just joking, God. Everyone's so sensitive at the moment. It's like, hang on. <laughs> Can you take a joke? We, like, we, we love, we love you all. We love uh, you all. We love yeah. you all. But we don't. We, we legitimately don't. 
it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the you know our our labour costs in Australia are significantly high in comparison to the rest of the world, like like significantly high. Like like they, if you want to get FIFO on uh, Vietnamese uh, uh, Korean visas for four months so they, they were doing though in in the mining industry they're flying them in flying them out for four yeah. months getting that that late in order to bring the the cost down yep mate same out of ireland and same out of uh, lots of places so so you know wage arbitrage andy alive and well australia's wages for literally any ro- any job um is significantly higher and 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 that's you know we don't have the population you and i've chatted about this we need 40 to 50 million people in this country not I don't know, 25, 26, I don't know, what is it up to now? 27 million. Yeah, um, about there, about 25, yeah. 26. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all arguments about, you know, where are they going to live and how are we going to feed them and whatever. But, folks, you know. Well, that, that only yeah. happens when you don't release land for development. <laughs> That's, That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, like the, the country's insanely massive. Uh, anyway. Uh, and you, you don't know. have to put it over the best arable land. That That's the other thing. There's no. smart. Uh, a few, put a few cities in the desert. America's done it. Las Vegas, you know, I mean, let's we, do it. We put them in floodplains, so <laughs> why not put them somewhere else? I shouldn't laugh because that's horrible. But, like, when you think about this, the, the, the mindset of it, it's like, well, you will put, you know, major developments in a floodplain, but you won't put them on the outskirts of sort of less arable areas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe they say people won't want to live there. They, they won't have choices to a degree, but it will create great amounts of farming communities. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it's very short-sighted. It is, mate. It is. Well, maybe I've got a little CPI thing here, but uh, I think we should put a pin in this one, Andy, because, um, you know, you've probably got uh, or you could probably put together, you know, the missing part here where uh, we've got, you know, um, Know, from 2017 to now 2022 what's going on maybe we'll put a bit of a pin in that one and circle around folks on having a little chat about you know inflation and uh you know you know have a look at these sort of spikes here you know inflation you know in the past we've seen you know significant inflation and even in you know recent times you know reasonably um uh, interesting inflation uh, spikes as well so you know does that mean the end of the world what does it mean you know can we can we learn from the past but you know it, it doesn't it's not exactly the same but it, it could be a good teacher andy but it, it's an incredible teacher but the difference between then and now is is velocity mm. velocity of information velocity of money velocity of um correction uh and to see those kind of aggressive spikes Will will take a major, major, like complete breakdown in uh, in political regimes. Um, so probably might happen actually. To be fair, given 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 <laughs> who we've got in charge at the moment. But uh, <laughs> mate, if we do that next week, we'll uh, we should also share the one thing which we didn't get to tonight, which we said we would. But uh, I've got some owner occupier um, interesting retirement strategies that uh, that I didn't know. Uh, to be fair, I got I got schooled by uh, by one of my advisors today, which, as I said, is a wonderful experience. Uh, and I thought I'd share it and see whether it's something you're all over, or or whether it's just um, something that people miss because we don't think about it. And to be fair, I, I never even went to investigate because I just it wasn't on my radar. So there's a very very cool um, property uh, strategy for for homeowners at various different points in time who may have then rented out their property after they've been in it. Um, so there's a, a twist to your owner-occupied upgrade strategy. Mate, well, let's leave people hanging on that one because, uh, folks, uh, I'm on leave basically from the 15th of December, uh, Andy. So technically, technically, Andy, Friday the 10th next week is going to be our last Wealth, Wine and Wisdom for the year. Um, so uh, why don't we load, front load that one? with all sorts of uh, exciting stuff. You cannot miss this one, folks. Andy is going to do the big reveal. He's been saving this up all year. (laughs) (laughs) I've been learning the lessons all year just to bring it. And so we'll we'll, everyone bring their uh, their eggnog uh, next week, bring their uh, their Christmas hats, uh, bring their Christmas jokes. 
maybe grab, grab a couple of firecracker jokes and, and bring them along. I might do the same thing if it's uh, maybe I might bring a little bit of mistletoe here, mate. Uh, yeah, just just uh, yeah, for one Sounds lucky good. viewer. Hey, hey. <laughs> maybe it's mags. Maybe you can just sort of hold it up. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, mate. We'll uh, we'll do a, a, a good Christmas episode and uh, and and sign off for the year. I'm not sure that we'll be able to stay away for the whole of the silly season, but maybe the the official send off and maybe a couple of sneaky ones in between. We might roll one or two in there for the uh, for the Christmas season, but. Um, Mate, good to hang out with you. Um, I've almost finished my rather large craft of gin and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, mate, uh, it's always uh, it's always good to hang out with you two folks. Um, thanks for uh, for uh, for dialing in and Graham and Pete and Abdul and and uh, Ashley and Allison and Jason Haley and all of the others who dialed in tonight. Great to see you guys as well. And thanks for. Uh, Ben and a few others as well. Jaswan, Bob. Just going through the list here. There's a there's plenty. So uh, we've got good diversity here today, and uh, we practice it in our business. It's we uh, we have viewer diversity, and uh, mate, it's good to see from all over the world too. It's great. Good bit Welcome. of platform diversity as well. Facebook, yeah. YouTube, you know, LinkedIn. Um, there you go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. Wealth, wine, and wisdom. Well, um, Andy, well, it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night, everyone.